welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. We begin with the President's 60 Minutes interview. I'm sure most of you have heard about it if you haven't seen it, and I watched as much of it as I could take, which was about 10 minutes. And I'm telling you, it is, I don't know how many times you can say it, how many different ways you can say the president is just not well. He doesn't appear to be a man uh, in control. He's 79 years old, and uh, he actually, he looks and sounds 89. And to think that this man is running the free world is, is frightening. China's leaders are watching the show or watched it. Russia's leaders watched it. I'm sure Putin saw the interview. Joe Biden is in possession or presumably is in possession of the nuclear football. He's, he knows the nuclear codes. And that's a frightening prospect because we live in a dangerous world. So he gave this interview and I'm, you know, I'm going to touch on the three main things. He, uh, Pelly opened the show with a few verbal shots about the inflation rate, 8.3%. Stock market took a nosedive, and people are angry about their grocery bills. There was a, I'm going to digress a little bit here. There was a story on the, in the Wall Street Journal I read this week about, and they did, did a story about this, uh, these people in a supermarket uh, parking in a plaza in, in uh, Louisiana. And these people were ticked about the grocery prices. And they, you know, they made some trade-offs, as a lot of people in the middle class and lower middle classes are doing. They're trading off certain things. They can't buy certain foods because money's tight. You know, maybe they got a 3% raise at work, a cost of living increase that I got a couple of months back. But the inflation rate was 9 point something, and now it's down to 8.3. But it's still, it chews up your, your, your raise. It just eats up the raise entirely. And a lot of people have to make tough decisions. <clears throat> so it's the economy is what really most people are focusing on the economy. It's not climate change. Uh, it's not abortion. I'm not saying abortion is not important, but most people aren't focused on abortion rights. They're focused on the economy, the, the, the pocketbook issues, getting food on the table, keeping a roof over your family's head. That's really what's driving people. And Biden, I don't think he gets it. So that's what they talked about, the inflation rate. And, you know, what, what would the U.S. do if China were to invade Taiwan. Well, the president said that the U.S. would defend, militarily defend Taiwan from any unprecedented attack. Now, that is a break from official U.S. policy. So I'll, I'll just, rather than play the, the audio, I'll just say what, what Scott Pelley asked the president. Would U.S. forces defend the island, Taiwan? And uh, Biden's response was yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. Now, the State Department clarified to 60 Minutes that U.S. policy toward Taiwan has not changed, although CBS News did not specify whether the agency said Biden's statements reflected existing U.S. policy. The U.S. and China agreed to a one-China policy via the Taiwan Relations Act. I'm looking at a piece here from the Daily Caller. This Taiwan Relations Act has been around since, you know, for decades, since the early 70s, I think. And uh, it affirmed in the 70s and early 80s that Taiwan, as a self-ruling island, remains part of China. China views Taiwan as a breakaway republic. It's part of China. It's, it's, they don't view Taiwan as a sovereign nation. Anyway, the U.S. does not have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan. It engages in an independent trade relationship and is committed to supplying Taiwan with defense articles and training necessary to assist Taiwan's defense against a possible Chinese invasion. So what the president said was breaking with U.S. policy. 
decades of U.S. policy. So he missed he messed up so many different areas. And I'm not going to go down the list on what he said and what our policy is. I don't th- I don't think most people really care about that. But I mean, the State Department just they scrambled, and the uh, the White House press uh, agencies they they went into overdrive, saying, "Well, we, the president didn't mean that; he meant this." And this is like a full time job for them. Anyway, so there's the economy. It was it was kind of sad to watch the president saying, "Well, it's not really going up that much; it's like inch by inch, eight point two percent." And he's defending eight point two, like it's okay, it's down from nine something, but it was two percent or two and change under Trump. And every day, it's not just the economy, but every day Americans are watching incredulously as this administration implements this, it's certifiably insane, their agenda. What they're doing, their policies are creating inflation. They're making a bad situation worse. I don't want to hear about Putin's war in the Ukraine, you know, driving up prices or, you know, creating a supply chain problem. This administration, Joe Biden and his cronies, the climate change alarmists, are going after America's energy. The the entire energy industry, coal, oil, gas, is under attack from this administration. We have a full-scale invasion of America from our southern border, violent crime on the increase coast to coast. There's an epidemic of fentanyl overdose deaths. That's the leading cause of death now for, for young Americans, ages 18 to 48. Fentanyl overdoses. This administration has weaponized the FBI to harass, to threaten, to arrest, incarcerate anybody who supports Donald Trump as if they were violent criminals. This is going, this is unbelievable what's happening. That's what Americans care about, those issues. Not about climate change, not about, you know, one thing or another. This administration is trying to deflect our attention away from the important issues. Joe Biden is a serial liar. It shouldn't be a surprise to people. He's been lying to America, to the American people since the 70s. This guy lied about details of his, his own life when he took the, the uh, this British labor leader, Neil Kinnock, when he ran for president, or I think it was president, back in the first time he ran. He basically borrowed, he lifted part of Kinnock's speech and lied about his accomplishments. I, he also lied about finishing in the top 10% of his law class. He finished in the lowest percentile. I mean, in the, in the fabrications and the prevarications have only intensified since he's been elected president. That's what people care about. And that's what people are going to think about when they go to the polls, hopefully in a couple of months here in these midterms, six weeks, I think, seven weeks, I guess, as we record this. We're under attack and the enemy is within the country. It's this administration, it's progressives, it's liberals, it's communists, Marxists in this administration and working in every facet and every level of government in the bureaucracies. And by the way, 70% of the American people are of the opinion that the economy is headed in the wrong direction. We're in a downward spiral. Many believe a recession is on the way. I'm not sure about that. I'm not an economist. I hope not. Two-thirds aren't financially prepared for any recession. That's according to Magnify Money. But anyway, asked if he would run for president again, Biden said, quote, my intention, as I said to begin with, is that I would run again, but it's just an intention. But it is a firm decision that I run again. That remains to be seen. Now, Democrats don't want Biden to run again. 
it's no surprise. It was a New York Times Siena College poll back in July. I think it was July that reported 64% of Democratic voters would prefer someone else to represent their party. Now, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has been talked about as a possible replacement. The Times also reported only 13% of Americans believe the U.S. is on the right track, the lowest point in a Times poll in over a decade. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Democrats are in trouble. Now, I'm sure you've read some stories, if you follow this as I do, that especially in some of the liberal news outlets, so Huffington Post, Yahoo News, are saying, well, that maybe the Democrats could retain control of the Senate at the very least. Now, Bill Clinton was out this week saying it's possible Democrats regain control of both houses. Now, I don't think that's possible. Well, anything's possible. But don't believe all the stories. I think Republicans are going to win big here. I think there's going to be a huge red wave. And I think it, it, how does that affect us here in New York State? I hope it affects the governor's race. I hope Lee Zeldin sweeps out of power this this Kathy Hochul. She's been a, a nightmare out there in uh, Western New York. That's where she's from, but she's turned into a real radical. Or she's, she's I think, is being controlled by certain left-wing elements in the party, which is most of the party, especially here in New York State. Let's see what happens. I wasn't a big Zeldin fan at first. I kind of like Giuliani's son, but he didn't he didn't win the uh, the primary. Zeldin emerged victorious, so we have to I think we should get behind Zeldin and uh, try to drag this guy across the finish line. I think the the uh, the future of New York State really is at stake. So much to talk about here. I'm down to like the last three or four minutes. There's a, a football game on. Actually, no, tonight's not Monday night. Tonight's Tuesday night. There's a football game on last night. The Packers defeated the uh, Chicago Bears 27-10. That was Sunday night. That's right. Monday night game. We don't get the Monday night games here. I think they're on ESPN. But, uh, you know, everybody's making a big deal. All all the Packer fans are making a big deal about the victory over the Bears. I mean, the Packers have won 24 of 29 of their head-to-head meetings against the Bears in the Rodgers years. That's great. But I put on Facebook because I'm on this Packers uh, fan group on Facebook. Everybody's talking about how they own the Bears and you know, Rodgers owns the Bears and all this. That's great. I'd like to see Rodgers own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that's a different story. And they're paying, playing Tampa Bay this week in Tampa. You know, naturally, they always play in Tampa. And I think I think Tampa's probably the early favorite, but they, they've had some injuries, the Bucs. And I think Brady's had some issues as well. But still, they seem like they have the Packers number. So we'll see if Green Bay uh, gets their second victory in a row here. This week against Tampa Bay, then they have uh, they have a couple of tough games. They have a tough schedule. They finished thirteen and three last year. So I wanted to talk a little bit about football. There's so much here. I, I got to make before I run here. I got to make mention of this this story with the red state governors, Greg Abbott in Texas, and uh, DeSantis in Florida, and the other guy Ducey out in uh, Arizona. They are shipping these migrants, these illegal aliens. They're not immigrants, but they're aliens shipping them off to uh, uh, these blue states, these sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, and especially the what happened earlier this week in uh, Martha's Vineyard. And liberals and these progressives are learning a hard lesson. If you pass rules by which everyone must live by, you have to live by them because you're part of the group too. And the gnawing and the gnashing of teeth over these governors, shipping off hundreds of migrants to these sanctuary cities and states. I mean, these people in... Uh, I want to say Cape Cod, but Martha's Vineyard, uh, they voted for Biden. 80% of the island voted for Biden. They voted. They want open borders. Well, here's a little taste of it for you. This is what you voted for. You don't like it, do you, when it's on your doorstep? 
and somebody there some of these left wingers are, are are comparing what you know what DeSantis did dropping 50 illegals off to Martha's Vineyard as being the same as Hitler murdering six thousand or six million Jews how is shipping 50 or you know, four or five dozen migrants to a a luxury island near near Cape Cod how does that compare with somebody exterminating millions of of Jews it doesn't equate but that's how the liberals are responding they're just they're flipping their lids over this so anyway I think it's great just to watch some of these people on the left it's you know it's uh, it's entertaining to say the least and our side is beginning to fight back that's what this is the overarching issue is our side the DeSantis's the Abbott's I wish we had more governors like that here in in the northeastern part of the country but you know that's when I say our side I mean people who believe in the rule of law and that America is a nation with physical borders and if one illegally crosses those borders they will face the consequences so in this case it's progressive politicians who've been instructing Americans on the need for open borders and how you know how it's the right thing to do they're singing a different tune now that these people are on their turf and they're responsible for them and you know just an aside here I don't know if you've noticed most of these migrants a lot of these people are young men in their 20s and 30s have you noticed they're young men and you know the guy in Venezuela who's Maduro in Venezuela say said he's clearing his prisons and sending the illegals to the, the southern border of the United States that's what's going on here that's what people care about crime the economy illegal immigration I've got to run. Thank you very much for tuning us in. If you uh, want to check out the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network, you can check it out by going to the bmgnetwork.com and you'll get this show, The Pac-Man, with me, Ted Flint. You'll also hear a, a spectacular program from my daughter called The Essentials with Maddie Flint. She touches on a wide array of topics. She's a very informed young lady, second year in college at SUNY Albany, very bright, very talented, very articulate. I, I got to, you know, I got to brag on my own young lady. She takes after her mother. And uh, so check out that show. That airs, I think, on Friday. Adrian Ross has a show out there, I think, on uh, on uh, the uh, the network today. This show, which airs on Wednesdays, and we do a show once in a while on the weekends as well. So check it out, thebmgnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, all lowercase, at thebmgnetwork.com. Thanks for tuning us in, and if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to thebmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.